Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, man. I'm telling you what. You know, I, we got to make sure we don't get it all twisted up. You know what I'm saying? The, like, that's not the warm-up, you know, act. That was not the warm-up band. That was not for you to just get warmed up. That was to lead us, every one of us, into the presence of God for worship. And I want you to recognize that every song that is sung and every word that is spoken, we are praying that God would, would, would that we would, we would be leading alongside Jesus all right, and for his glory, amen? I mean, the songs that we, we sang, chosen generation, all right, that was on purpose, that he called us out of darkness. There's not one person who is never, ever in darkness because we are born in sin. He calls us out of darkness, all right? And then, and then we praise the Father, we praise the Son, all right? And we, and we bring him praises and, and we sing this hallelujah song, all right, which means praise the Lord, Amen. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. We sing this hallelujah song. And the way that we began that song is just, is just so fitting. Because the, the first line of that last song was, we are an altar of broken stones. Amen? An altar of broken, 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 broken stones. All right? But you delight in the offering. Amen? We're not perfect, all right? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We know this. I've, 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 I've told people, man, you know, if you're looking for the perfect church, don't join it because you're going to ruin it, all right? Because there ain't no such thing, man, as, as a perfect church. We're not perfect, but we are called by a perfect God, amen, yeah. to work in his perfect work for his perfect glory, amen? And I want to challenge you, man, that... That because when we look at these things and we're like, I don't know, man, I recognize that God, he, he equips those he calls and maybe more than he, uh, than he calls those that are equipped. God equips those who are called. And every one of you are not here, all right, uh, by accident. None of you are watching online by accident, all right? You're here on purpose all right, to hear the word of God, all right, by an imperfect dude, way imperfect. Just ask my wife, all right? Very, very imperfect, <laughs> all right? For his glory, amen? amen. All right, we're going to do something that we do every once in a while, and uh, I just like us to just remind ourselves of our position before God. So I would like all of you to stand with me right now. If, if, if it's okay, if you can, if you, if you have, you know, if you can't, please remain seated. But, but if you can stand, please stand with us as I read God's word. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it up here on the screen, okay? We're, we're in a new chapter. We're, we're in the book of Luke, right? And you know what? Good surprise, right? And so we're still in the book of Luke. We've been in the book of Luke all year. We're going to be there, you know, for, for another year and a half probably. So we're in Luke chapter 9, all right? And it's a new chapter. We're in chapter, we made it to Luke, we made it to Luke chapter 9, all right? Verse 1, and Jesus is calling his disciples right here. Look, I'm looking at them. All right, here he calls his 12, all right? And let's just read this together. Here's what happens. Look at Luke chapter 9. Father, this is your word, and we give you the praise, and we give you the ultimate glory. Lord God, lead us, Lord God, to understand how you're speaking to each of us and all of us. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. And he called the 12 together. 
and he gave them power and authority over all demons and, and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no, no bread, no bag, or no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And, and, then they, and they departed. They did it. They departed and they went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod, the tetrarch, heard about all that was happening and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead or by some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen and Herod said, behold, I mean, he said, John, I beheaded, but, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Father, we praise you and we thank you for your word. Be glorified among your people in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can sit down, man, thanks. Thanks for that, guys. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's kind of a challenging word when we recognize that the word of God is not just for those guys right there, but for us as well. Let me just remind you, we're not here to make the world a better place. Amen. We're not even here uh, to, to show the world that we are better than the place. All right? We are here to make it easier for people to know Jesus, and we are here to lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we're here. Now, now those are, that's our vision and mission, but, and they're not just catchy phrases that we came up with. This is a personal responsibility of every man, woman, and child of God. This is your responsibility and my responsibility. We are here. Jesus said, you go and make disciples, all right, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, and I'll be with you the whole time. He, he told you to do this and me to do this. He told us to do this. This is a we thing, not just your pastor or your ministry leader thing, man. This is an all of us thing. This is an all aboard kind of thing, right? Right? That's what it is. And I know you're, you're looking at this and you're hearing this stuff and you're thinking, man, you know, this all sounds good, but it sounds like you're talking to somebody else, right? Because I'm not good enough. Well, I'm glad you finally realized that, all right? Because God, Jesus did not come to die for good people, just so you know. Amen? He didn't come to die for good people, all right? He, he didn't even, okay, Jesus didn't even die to make bad people good. Did you know that? He died so that dead people can become fully alive people. That's why he died. That's why he died. So that you and I could become fully alive for his glory. That's why he died. And then you say, well, well I'm not qualified, man. I am just not qualified for the kind of, for going out and telling people about Jesus and preaching the kingdom. I'm just not qualified with, for this stuff right here. And, and that's awesome because now you can get in line with the rest of us, right? 
You can get in line with the rest of us. I want you to take a quick minute here and, and look at, at just maybe even the scriptures, how they declare this whole line of, of unqualified people. I don't know if you've read the Bible and found all kinds of qualified people because I still haven't, all right, because um, that are pre-qualified to do the work with God. I just haven't. I mean, the first person called Adam, all right, wasn't a very good leader. His wife Eve talked to snakes and trusted them. Okay, hardcore. And yet, and yet God used them, all right, to birth a planet. He didn't erase them and start over. Noah, I don't know if you guys heard Noah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Big boat, all right? All the animals, right? Two by two, him and his wife and family. I don't know if you know, know this, but at the, when, when they landed the boat and started to kind of find their place in the world here, you know, Noah got drunk. It's one of the first things he did. He got drunk naked. All right? I don't know if you knew that, right? <laughs> now, if one of your pastors did that, <laughs> you'd be, wait, wait a second, right? And, and, yet, and yet God used him and his kids to repopulate the earth. A lady named Rahab, this chick was a prostitute, all right? She was a prostitute, man. And yet she had enough faith to defy her own countrymen, because she wasn't even Israelite, to defy her own countrymen in this, in this place called Jericho and help Israelite spies come in and check it out and, just, and, just, and was used for the glory of God and for God's purposes. And she actually, if you read the book of Matthew, years and years later, there's a testimony that she is actually in the lineage of Jesus Christ. As Jesus is one of his great, 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 great grandmas. Anyways, you know the story. David, young David, man. He was too small, he was too little, he was too young. You know, you know, when, when they were told to go over to this family, and you're gonna find a king there, all right? And you know, he looked, you know, the, the, the prophet looked at all these big dudes, they're like, nah, this guy, this guy, this guy, going from tall, tall, tall. No, 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 it's the runt of the litter, he's outside. His name's David. That's the guy I choose. Because I'm not looking at his size. I'm not looking at his stature. I'm not even looking at his resume. I'm looking at his heart. I'm looking at her heart. I'm looking at each of your hearts. Even though, and here's what's even crazier, even though God saw this sin that was still forming in David's heart because later he had, a, he had an affair, he killed her husband, he hid, he hid the, the matter and he just denied it for a while, all right? But yet when he was confronted, he repented completely before God and just was like, you know what, forget it. And God was like, no, I'm still gonna use you. And actually he was called a man after God's own heart because God sees the heart. Young, there was a dude, Timothy. He was too young. He was way too young. I mean, he was too young. Nobody's going to take this kid seriously. He's just a young guy, man. Yet he owned the position that God gave him to lead the church in one of the craziest towns, all right, of his, of his time. He was too young. Abraham, too old. Abraham was too old. Dude was in his 90s, and God said, you're going to have some kids. You know, the old-fashioned way. I'm not going to do a miracle here. You're going to have some kids, all right? And they're going to cover the earth, and dude was like 90 years old. Is anybody here 90? Plan on having any kids? All right. I'm going to try it. Anyways, um, just kidding. Well, shh, shh, shh. Probably shouldn't have said that. We're in church. All right, hold on. 
Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, all right, told him he was going to kick this whole thing off, all right, by having children. And it was, it was not only going to be the children of actual kids, but the, but the father of faith. And he owned it. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was straight up dead already. He was already dead. <laughs> all right? And yet God used the dead guy, all right? He loved him back out of the grave, all right? And, and he is a living testimony again of the love of Christ. Sarah, Abraham's wife, she was right up there with him, with, with Abraham, all right? And she couldn't have babies her whole life. And God said, you're gonna have a baby. And she was in her late 80s when he told her this. And she laughed about it. But yet at 90 years old, she had Isaac because she eventually trusted God. Thomas doubted, all right? And yet he gives one of the greatest testimonies of faith. He doubted the resurrection, and yet he gives one of the greatest testimonies of faith in the scriptures when he called Jesus his Lord and his God. Naomi, all right? And I don't know if you know the story of Naomi. Naomi was a widow, all right? Her husband died. She had two sons. They married. Then her boys died, and then she was left with her two daughters-in-law. One of them split, but another one you know, stuck around. Her name was Ruth. And yet Naomi, even though she had all these tragedies taking place in her life, still had enough faith, all right, to... To, to, to encourage uh, you know, this young girl that life was not over for her, that God still had a plan, and then God was still going to use her for his glory. What a woman, huh? Peter lacked self-control, and yet God started the greatest movement of faith through a guy who was all known for ready fire. Okay, aim. All right, that was Peter. And yet God used him to start the greatest movement of faith the world has ever known, the church. I can go on. I can talk about Gideon. I can talk about Samson. I can talk about Jephthah. Jeremiah, the most probably depressed guy you'll read in the scriptures, all right? Both Josephs. Pretty much everyone in the scripture besides Jesus was totally unqualified. I got a question for you. What's your excuse? Because God equips those he calls. Maybe more than he calls those who are equipped. Amen? Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Let's, let's check these things out here again. Let's get a little closer look at what's going on here. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. And he called the 12 together. And he gave them power. And he gave them authority over all demons. And he cured diseases. I mean, these guys have been with him for a while now. They've been seeing all the stuff that he's been doing, all right? And now he's delegating the work to them. You might even say that this was kind of like a trial run for the church before the resurrection. But see, the idea was, was to come, to grow, and to go. And if you read through the book of Luke, you can't help but, but see that if you're paying attention to these guys who never knew Jesus, all of a sudden they're coming to Jesus, they're staying with Jesus and growing, and now he's sending them out to go, all right? They came to be with Christ, they, they came to grow, all right, in their faith with Christ, and then, and then to go and express that trust in the world. Here's what I know, man. You see, we're not here, we don't come here 
all right, just to gather all kinds of historical and biblical information, all right, so that we can impress people with it or else attack people with it or blast them with our knowledge. That's not why we're here. Now, we are here. Now, listen, are you listening? Listen, lean in. Are you listening? Because we're here, all right, to recognize that we are empowered by God. If you've given your life to Christ, if you trust in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, if you trust that, that God sent his son, all right, all right to, to give his perfect life for your sin and our sin, his perfect life for our imperfections, and to kill it off, to be that perfect sacrifice, because, you know, sin demands a payment, all right, to be that per perfect sacrifice, all right, for our sin, and then, and then to rise up from the grave and just like kill it off, done, defeated, all right, job finished. If you believe that and have received this Holy Spirit, then recognize that we are here to be empowered by God, to love people into the presence of God. Did you hear that? To love people, not to argue people into the presence of God, not to beat people down with all of our killer knowledge into the presence of God, but to love people into the presence of God for the glory of God. Right, to make it easier for people to know Jesus and to lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus. Amen? And I know, man, you, you look at this and you say, well, that, that's then, man. You know what I mean? That, that was then, you know what I mean? He was telling those guys, right, then that's what he wanted them to do. You're right. He had empowered them at that moment and that time, all right? But he's also, so, so what's he saying now? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but you, speaking to his church, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, not only here in Jerusalem, but in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, even over there in Pine Top, Arizona. <laughs> and you're like, well, how does that work today? I'm so glad you asked that. I really am, man. So you guys are already on top. You're tracking with me already. I knew I was talking to the right crew. Check this out. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter gets up, man, in chapter 2, and he, he, it's the grand opening of the church, all right? The Holy Spirit has come there upon the church, and, and now they're speaking to the people, and they're gathering. The people are gathering to hear the word of God, and they're tripping out, man, uh, and they're just cut to the heart, man. When you are listening, all right, and you are in tune with the Spirit of God, and you're listening to the word of God, all right, you can't help but recognize there's some work that needs to get done, right? And these people say, well, what do we do? What do we do about that? And he says, Peter said, repent of a life without God or a life without Jesus, all right, and then be baptized, all right, physically baptized into the faith, all right, and then you will be spiritually baptized by his Holy Spirit. Look what he says. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Got a crazy sentence for you. Are you ready for this? What he's talking about is kingdom power from the king for kingdom work with the king for the glory of the king. So when we look at this, I'm, I'm, I'm unqualified. Well, kingdom power. God is gifting us with his power to get the work, to, to join him in the work. We receive kingdom power from the king, all right? We didn't go to Circle K. We didn't even buy it on Amazon. It's like real stuff from God himself, supernaturally given. You're like, well, that's kind of like really, really supernatural. Well, God, it's totally supernatural. Figure it out. Kingdom power from the king for the kingdom work. Put that back up there, please. Thank you. 
all right? Kingdom power from the king for, for, for and it's not, see, a lot of times we just, we just like, people get it twisted. I'm going out, I'm going to cast out demons. I'm going to knock this out, all right? Did you bring, did, did Jesus lead you there, or did you at least bring them? <laughs> kingdom power from the king for kingdom work with the king. And it's not so that you can just be this shiny old Christian. Everybody needs to see. But so that you can take that glory and you can walk away and give it, give it to the Lord. Amen. No, verse 2, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is, is simply this. The kingdom is, is where and when God is the only king. See, a kingdom refers to, a, you know, basically references a king. There's a king. And so the kingdom of God is where, where God is the only king. There is no other king. It is not your pocketbook. It is not a relationship. It is not, you know, possessions. It is not ambition. It is not, there's only one king. And it's God. And we, his kingdom people, right, the kingdom of God, live under his sovereignty and in love with one another so that the world will know that he really is king. It's not that complicated. I think we complicate it way too much, man. You know, some people just need to breathe a little bit and recognize, is he the king or is he not? If he's the king, well, then you're part of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's that already but not yet kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? It's an already, it's a kingdom now because Jesus Christ died and rose again and gave us his Holy Spirit and we are living in that kingdom power for that kingdom purpose. But the kingdom, the actual, the whole heaven, you know, touching the earth and getting really crazy has not happened yet. So it's a kingdom now, uh, but, but, not, but not already yet. A kingdom now, but not yet. Kind of thing. So there's more to come, basically. Last, light, last week, Debbie and I were in Bend, Oregon, and we were in, visiting our uh, partner church there in, uh, in Bend, Pastor Nick and, uh, and his crew. It was an amazing time. They're, they're really, really growing. Their leadership is really go, growing right now, and it's pretty amazing. And now we're working on plans to spread out into the community, and it's pretty awesome what's going on. But, but as Debbie and I were driving through Bend, all right, we, we, were, we were seriously, we were praying through the town um, as well as hitting thrift stores and stuff, all right? And so we were praying through the town, right? And just kind of just checking it out, man. And uh, as we were driving through, I was thinking, man, I was just, you know, driving through Bend well, is, is, is a pretty small but thick town, but thick. And there was like over 100,000 people, I think, there. Uh, still not a lot, still kind of small compared to cities and stuff like that. I get that. But even driving through, I'm thinking, how are all these people gonna know that they can know Jesus. I was praying this. How are all these people that were passing by going to know that they can know Jesus? And Debbie and I were in this thrift store, right? And you know, it's funny how when you start praying, God starts using you to get involved in that prayer. And we're in this thrift store, and we're just hanging out, and we're getting ready to buy some stuff, right? And looking at some really cool things, man. I'm trying on these wicked-looking glasses, looking all crazy, right? And there's this lady that is trying to buy a backpack for her kid, and, and her card's not working, right? Her card's not working. And I look at the register and it says ten dollars and fifty cents. I'm thinking I got ten dollars. I got eleven bucks. I know I got it. I got. It. I can take care of that. 
And she's like, and she's going through it, man. And she's like, and she's having a problem. It's not that big of a deal. She reached over her shoulder. I had to do 11 bucks. I said, can I pay for her, please? She was like, no, 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 no. I go, listen, ma'am, I'm not doing this because I think you're needy. I'm just doing this because I believe I can and I want to help. Obviously, your card wasn't working, you know, so let me just do this. I gave the dude the 11 bucks. He gave me my 50 cents back, and I tried to disappear in the clothing, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want to stand there anymore, and just, it just wasn't about that, all right? <clears throat> but when she turned to me before I disappeared, I just said, she said, she's like, thank you. I said, praise the Lord. I said, you're not invisible. God loves you. And I just walked away. <clears throat> and hid in the clothing, and I'm literally trying to literally hide in the clothing, because I knew she was coming to look for me, and then finally she found me, she brought me a card, all right? She brought me a card, and it was crazy, man, because I opened up the card, and there was $1,000 in the card. I'm just kidding. No, there wasn't, all right? So, all right, no, no, sorry. No, there wasn't, man. I opened up the card, and she was just giving glory to God. She was, and she wasn't, I could tell by the way she was, it just didn't seem to me. She was just saying, thank you. Thank you so much. And I just got to say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, man, I went out and partied all night. That night. All right, so um, I wouldn't have done that if she gave me a thousand bucks. Anyways. But it was like recognized, man, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, as kingdom people, it's that simple. It cost me $10.50 to tell a stranger that she was loved by God. Not that bad, not, not, not that expensive. And here's what I know, man, that a life of prayer is a life that must be ready to answer prayer. This is how he calls and equips. Amen? See, because prayer leans into the power of God. Real prayer, honest prayer, true prayer, sovereign, he's sovereign, and I'm not prayer, leans into the power of God because it reveals our faith in God. Hebrews says this in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, all right? And we just see the reward. That's all we see. Wait a second. Recognize the reward. The reward we seek is the deliverance and salvation of those whom we're praying for for. It's not to fill our pockets. It's to fill his kingdom. <laughs> we're only on verse three. Um, we're getting moving. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey. Take no staff, no bag, no bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Take nothing. All right. Basically, he was saying, this is going to require faith. First of all, I think the, the main thing is saying, look, it's going to require faith. As you go, it's going to require that you depend on me. Now, today we know that times are a little different, all right, than they were then. All right, this says take nothing might look a little different. You know, there still needs to be a reliance of God. There needs to be a, a, a reliance on faith, but, but practical healing is needed everywhere we go. I'm driving down the road over here and out in front of uh, one of, one of, the, one of the, right across the street from Walmart, there's a dude out there with a sign. I saw Jesus on the sign and I saw something about I. And I was like, and I pulled up real quick and I said, hey, dude, what's up? Sign mean. And he says, look, man, he goes, I just, he goes, I got an eye problem and I just need some prayer. I said, you need prayer? I goes, I got all kinds of prayer. I said, what, what else do you need? He said, man, I just need some money for some food. I'm not a big fan of giving out money. All right, but I said, what kind of food are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for those little trays. I'd like to go buy those trays, those little Hormel trays that have little dinners in them. You can kind of eat those, a bunch of those. 
maybe some chips. I said, I'll be right back. Again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. Don't get this wrong. This is not because I'm a pastor. It's because of my personal responsibility, all right, to care for humanity. Amen? Amen. So I go across the street. 20 minutes later, and 25 bucks spent. That's all it costs, 20 minutes and 25 bucks to be able to go back to this man and bless him with some stuff and ask him, can I pray for you? It cost me 20 minutes and 25 bucks to be able to pray for a stranger on the road, right there in the middle of the road. Not in the middle of the road, that would have been bad. All right, on the side of the road, right? There was 25 bucks, 20 minutes. Just pray with this guy. And what was really, really cool is that after I prayed for him, he prayed for me. He said, can I pray for you? I said, please. It's pretty wild. When I had his stuff and I'm leaving the parking lot, man, there's another guy uh, by, by, the, uh, by, the, by the road there. And he had a little sign. And I just looked, I grabbed one of the applesauces. I was going to get the guy. I said, hey, bro, you like applesauce? He goes, I do. I love applesauce. And I said, here, man, Jesus loves you. He goes, man, he loves you too. And I said, right on. Praise the Lord, Amen. Because sometimes, you know what, they're, they're, you know, the take nothing might look a little bit different. It might, might take some time out of your day. It might take some money out of your pocket, all right? It might take a sacrifice of praise from your lips, all right? Because practical healing is needed. I love, I don't know if you guys are up on game with what's been happening with our recenter, all right? Our recenter has been just rocking it out of the park. I don't know if you know this, but if you guys know who Pam Williams is, if you don't, you need to go and embrace that young lady, all right? Because she is just, she, I mean, she is leading the way. All right, I mean, the wraparound services, you've heard of the Mama's Program, you've heard of Prisoner Reentry. I don't know if you've heard this, all right? We received a grant, all right, for $1.6 million to buy four houses, all right, for, 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 for uh, drug rehabilitation living, all right? So praise the Lord. Keep praying because one of those houses might be in your neighborhood, all right? So anyways... All right? And so we're looking right now, just in case you know, we need people who can do tile, we need people who can paint, we need people who can do yard work, and we need these people immediately. All right? So if you want, you can head down to the recenter and let them know we're trying to get a foreman to kind of oversee the work that needs to be done on these four houses. They're very nice houses, but we want, we want, to, we want to make them look really even nicer because we want to you know, restore dignity to people's lives who have been homeless for a while and put them in a very, very nice place with nice stuff. We're going to need to fill these houses. So more coming on that later. But sometimes, man, I'm telling you what, man, the, <laughs> there, there is there, there's, there's a huge requirement of faith that we need to when he says take nothing. Because there's, maybe it's leave nothing in your pockets. Maybe it's leave nothing in your strength. Maybe it's give everything. I'm just telling you, man, there's a, there's a big deal here. And he says, in whatever house you stay, you enter, stay there. From, from there, depart. Man, hang out with people. He says, value them. And wherever you, they don't receive you, you know, and you leave that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Back in the day, the Jewish people, when they would go through non-Jewish communities, they were kind of very little prejudiced in this area, all right? They go through non-Jewish communities. This is back in the day. I'm not saying this about today. But, and they, they, but they had this thing where when they would go through a non-Jewish community, they would go outside the town. They'd just knock the dust off their feet, all right? Because I don't want to take any of that with me anywhere else. Jesus said, let's take one of your little traditions and let's just apply it to where it really should be, all right? You know, reach people, 
for the glory of God. And when people don't want to be reached, just make sure that none of that stays on you. Not them, they're people. They're loved by God. Jesus died whether they want him or not. Make sure you don't walk away with any bad habits. You know what I mean? And then they did it, man. Verse six, they departed and they went to, through the villages and they were preaching and healing everywhere. They went and they leaned into it. They just tried it. Let's give it a shot. They weren't trying Jesus. They loved Jesus. They were committed to Christ, but they were gonna say, okay, if you say so, I'm gonna go and work this out. I'm sitting in, in uh, Pastor Nick's house this last week. And I was taking their, their leadership through a bunch of training, all kinds of training and stuff. We were just kind of going through some stuff, just kind of giving them leadership training, preparing them for the work. And the worship leader, Aaron, comes in. And I could tell there's something wrong with him, man. And his shoulder was just messed up. He's, 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 he's a very fit little young man. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but, he's, but his shoulder was jacked. And I could tell it was in a lot of pain. And he couldn't, he couldn't tell me what happened or why, how it happened. He just knew it just, he just woke up like this and it's just, he goes, he could lift his arm this much right here. And we're getting ready to go through this training. I'm starting to go through this training. I'm looking at him and I can see him trying to lift his arm on the couch there to try to just sit there while he's listening and writing notes. And I said, we need to stop and pray for him. So we started praying for him and praying for healing for him. And then we sat back down and we started engaging in training again. And then a young lady who arrived just a little bit after that came, and, uh, and she was part of Nick's uh, leadership team. As Aaron was still in a lot of pain. She walked in and immediately was drawn to what was going on with him. While I was still leading and talking, she started just praying over Aaron. And I started watching her, and she was leaning in. She wasn't saying a lot of words. There wasn't a lot of words coming out. She wasn't coming all this crazy and wasn't really impressed with all this, you know, cool words and phrases and stuff. She just leaned in on this prayer, and she just prayed with him. And a lot of it was just silent. And we had some music playing, and I just, there was a song, Healing Oil, uh, and we just kinda, I just kind of turned it up a little bit where I was talking, and I was just watching and next thing you know, I started seeing Aaron just kind of just do this and like this and then like this. And I started turning the music up, man. I was just like, this is really awesome. I was just this healing oil song. Have you ever heard it? I can feel your healing oil. Healing oil is by uh, Kim uh, Smith or Walker or whatever. And, she, and I just turn it up. And next thing you know, man, Aaron just goes, bam, shoots his arm straight up. And he's just crying like crazy. This happened right in front of me, all right? And he's crying like crazy. And he's, and he's praising God with his arm, man. And then he's praising God with both arms, all right? And now he's doing this. And I was just, and we had to stop. We're like, man. And, 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 uh, and, it wasn't, and she wasn't like, yeah, I did that. She was just like praising the Lord. And she's crying, sitting there on the floor. And we're just all just like tripping out, man, how amazing God is ordinary people. He calls the unequipped and he equips, the, he, he equips those who are called, man. He, he does and he prepares us for the work. All right? And, you know, we just have to obey and just go in and do the work, man. You know what? And I wasn't going to say this. Please don't take this wrong. All right? I'm not saying this to be funny, but sometimes our butt gets too big. 
Now, I'm meaning this by this. Okay, I know I, just, I really hesitate to use it because sometimes we're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to pray for you, but, you know, God might not want to do this right now. I'm going to pray for you, but he might show up and not show up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to pray for you, but I'm really not going to pray for you because I'm going to totally forget about this. You just can't let your butt get so big, man. You just got to calm it down. See, don't go there. Don't. Come on, man. We're reading the word. All right? Praise the Lord. You see, we have faith, but we have faith to release our faith. Do we have enough faith to release our faith and just wait on God? Ultimately, he's sovereign. So if he doesn't do what you're asking him to do or you totally think he should do, we still submit to our God. And it's crazy because now Herod, it says, verse, uh, verse 7, a few little things here, man. It said, now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed. Herod was the client leader. Basically, he was like the quote-unquote king of this section of Israel. He wasn't really king. Um, but, you know, Roman was the empire. But he was a Jewish leader that commanded this particular region of Galilee. There were a couple of others. Another time, another place, we'll talk about that. He would actually be the one that would actually uh, order Christ, you know, to be beaten and stuff later on. He's the one that actually had uh, John the Baptist's head chopped off. And so when, he, when all this happened, he was perplexed because it was said that by some that John had been raised from the dead. And a few things I just want to share with you. Superstitious people will always confuse the spiritual work of God. Don't let them confuse you. When we're sent by God, we're sent by God. And there's no match for God. Verse 8 says, by, by some said that, that Elijah appeared and others that one of the prophets of old had appeared. And just, again, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to try to discredit the work of Christ. It's always going to happen. You continue to bring him glory. And Herod said, I beheaded John. All right, John, I beheaded. But, but this of whom I hear such things, he sought out. And, he, you know, who is this whom I hear about such things? You know, people are going to want to see Christ for all the wrong reasons. They're going to want to see Christ in you for all the wrong reasons. Show him anyways. Show him Jesus anyways. Amen. Now, maybe, maybe you're thinking, all right? So, yeah, okay, God equips those he calls. Okay, I agree. You can agree with that. But times are different, right? Maybe God isn't calling us to go door to door. Maybe he is. All right, and maybe you're thinking, well, that door to door stuff just doesn't work anymore. And you know what? You're probably right in a lot of cases. People, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, especially in Arizona, a lot of people with guns. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so... All right? And plus, there's, just a, there's a lot more competition for people's imaginations today. Which is why we do what we do here. That's why we meet on the weekends. All right? This is so we can reach beyond those barriers. And so we can grab the attention of those who are distracted all week long. And we can show them that the church can be trusted with their imaginations, with their pain, with their hope, 
with, with an honest search for God. And we could show them that there are people right here, all right, right here, who they can trust to rightly handle the Word of God and, and to invite them into a deeper relationship with Christ and His kingdom people. To love one another and show the world that Jesus was sent by God and is our God. It's up to you to take advantage of this. Don't just come in and sit down, man, and just get all this knowledge and just come and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. We have to go and feed, amen? That's what God has called this church to do. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite people to come, to grow, and to go. The unequipped to come get equipped and to use that equipment, right? While you come, grow, and go as well. So some simple things. Number one, invite people. Come and invite people to the church. Invite people to the church. You know, invite them here so that we can help make it easier for you to make it easier for them to know Jesus. And number two, grow. Be the church that you're inviting them to. Be the church, man, that you're inviting them to. Share your life. My buddy Brendan used to say that true discipleship is me sharing my life with you at the cost of my life so that you can see and experience Jesus. Me sharing my life with you at the cost of my life so that you can see and experience Jesus. So come, invite people to the church. Grow, be the church you're inviting them to. And then go and give all the glory to God. Don't be afraid to praise the Lord. Amen? Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen?